we, we not yet. No, we're recording now. Um, so, Motherfucker. So, so actually, now I, I feel gold there. Now I feel comfortable telling you that this is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number ninety-one. My name is Jared. I am your usual host. I am joined today by Mr. J. Joseph Jr. Tunnel snakes roll. There you go, Mr. Michael Mahoney. You're goddamn right, the tunnel snakes rule. Uh, Lucio Lorenzino. My life is fire and blood. And Doug Wilson, master of Ooh. ceremonies. Tunnel what now? Tunnel of the snakes, oh, you know. You're dead, Jay. Or, you're dead, Doug. You're dead. <laughs> Jay, you're cool. <laughs> he, he knew. <laughs> he knew what to do. All right, guys, we got to go at the fucking speed of light here. So let's just start it off. Hey, did you hear we went to PAX? You probably didn't know if you go to our website. You, got, you guys went to PAX? <laughs> did, what? Did, did you know? <laughs> uh, so I guess let's start back at the beginning. So PAX is uh, the Penny Arcade Expo, which started uh, over 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And, yeah, what is uh, a Penny Arcade, well, I, I guess I should go back <laughs> further. Yeah, we don't have a lot of time here, so I'll go back a little further. So Penny Arcade is a webcomic started by... What is two... a webcomic? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> what are pennies? Have you ever heard of Apterax? That was a webcomic. Where, do, where does, do. where does the I name... I heard of Apterax. Where does I the name heard Penny Arcade come from? So Penny Arcade is named after Penny Arcades, which are arcades that... Um, I, I guess it's just like tilt, you know, like just a regular arcade, and you go and put quarters in and... Vibes. How, what what year was the first Penny Arcade created? Uh, 1924, I believe. Yeah, actually, that's right. You can fact check that. 1924. So. I will. All right. Well, while he's fact checking that, why don't we talk a little bit about the PAX experience? We've we've gotten some pretty exhaustive coverage out of it uh, on the on on the site. So I think maybe let me, the, let me ask this: What if what if the Penny Arcade Expo was really about? old wooden crank machines um i mean that that'd be kind of cool in, in a yeah. way there I'm is sure. a little bit to seattle for it well in the bay area in san francisco uh over by like pier 39 i think it is uh there is a penny arcade museum like like an actual literal like wooden penny arcade museum that you can go in nothing costs a penny of course <laughs> that would be way too convenient um, but you can go there and put a quarter in and watch like a naughty old timey show where a woman lifts up her shirt to show a bigger shirt under it. And, ah, and you're like, oh, oh. I thought you were going to say she lifts up her dress to reveal her ankles. Some, ah, it, it's, ah. it's so interesting because some of them range from like the tamest, almost embarrassing thing you've ever seen. And then some of them are like just straight up hardcore pornography. Like you'll you'll put one in and it's like full on penetration, and then you'll go to the next one and she just like lifts her dress the tiniest bit so you can see her. So calf. it's like the Phantom Pain. Come on, come and, all, and, watch this woman put on quiet. another house coat. Boy, they're doing some weird stuff with quiet, but we'll <laughs> we'll go there in just a sec. I think maybe the thing to do is uh, rather than labor on this too long, Lucio. What was your favorite thing that you saw at PAX? What did you enjoy um, the most? The virtual reality thing that we saw. Michael, would would you say the same? I liked it so much that I forgot the name. <laughs> <laughs> we we actually saw a lot of great stuff at PAX. Like I was pretty surprised how much quality stuff there was. Yeah. But yeah, um, Cloudhead Games, the gallery was by ha- by far and away just the best thing I saw the entire time I was there. It was amazing. It, it, was, it was something that I don't, I don't think we could do. Like uh, <laughs> I think that's part of it. I think I've it's already something written, like I already written virtual reality off and to see it actually work was like wow yeah that was the that i thought that's the big thing is just that level of interactivity especially well i was gonna say like just to see it work at all like i sit at home with with my connect 
and I, I, I none of you guys have the new connect except for maybe Michael, but his his uh, his committed like a ritual suicide, which was probably a, a blessing for you. They sent me a new one. It's still in the original box they sent it in. I it's, haven't opened it. It's such goddamn garbage. Like it just does not work. God, they, it was such a cock tease because when I first got it, it seemed to work really well, and then I needed it for like a game, and it didn't work very well. Yeah, it worked in fact the opposite of well. Do you, ever, yeah, so. do you ever like stretch and you turn on the connect and it's like, yo, you want to fast forward, do you? And like uses your motion controls to. Well, I haven't turned on my Xbox for like six months, which is fine because my connect is <laughs> broken for like 10 months. <laughs> so I guess it worked out about right. Um, so we did we did talk about uh, the gallery a little bit on the site and uh, maybe just to recap. Uh, so it, the one that we saw uses the HTC Vive. Uh, which is kind of the uh, competitor to the Oculus Rift. Um, and the big thing that the Vive has, the Rift has something similar now, but the Vive has these controllers that you get that you hold in your hands, and uh, the controllers are tied to the headset, so the headset can track them, and they basically serve as your hands. They have little triggers on them that allow you to grip. They also have gun triggers, so if you're playing a game where you have a gun, uh, you can just move your hand up a little bit and get that as well. Um and so you said, you said it was HTC. HTC, yeah. Uh, is that is that Android, Android operating system? No, actually. Um, I, well, I don't know what kind of software is actually in the headset itself. Gotcha. But yeah, um, but it, it's gonna you know just interface with your PC. It's not like a standalone or anything like that. So you're looking at a pretty heavy duty solution in order to use it because you're gonna have to have a gaming PC. You're gonna have to have the headset. Um, and it's going to have to be a pretty hefty one. You it, can just like... It comes with the controllers, and then it, it also has a camera that tracks your movement in the room. And I See, think, I was just going to ask if it can watch you watch porn and then blackmail you with that porn. The camera could. Probably. Absolutely. So, um, but I, I don't know about you guys, but I, this, was, this was the most... This was like the deepest that I've gotten with it. I've used the Oculus several times, but these controllers and the camera tracking you in the room... I've never experienced something like that. Yeah, yeah, pre- pretty much ever. Um, I would. It, it's such a lame comparison, but it was kind of like um, I remember going to like Blockbuster Games when the Nintendo sixty four was first coming out, and uh, feeling the Rumble Pack in Star Fox sixty four, and just being like, "What the fuck!" Like it, it just. And now it's so commonplace and it's boring and uninteresting, but at the time. And annoying in some cases. Yeah, that's true too. It was a function that you didn't even know that you wanted, but now that you've had it, like you're not sure you can ever go back. I, you can't imagine. I mean, Sony tried yeah. to convince me to go back for a little while with <laughs> with the whole PlayStation Three thing, but um, but yeah, like it's it's so commonplace and nonchalant, and I feel like this might this is going to wind up being something very similar. Maybe not in the next like two or three years, but like this really. I really can't emphasize enough that like this actually works. Like whatever your experience is with VR, um, this one actually like does what is promised. Uh, so, yeah. is it like just one of those things you have to see to believe? I yes, because yeah, I, I think so. Because I super skeptical going into that meeting. Yeah, I told is it one of those things. Was, and they're like, is it one of those things where video game developers are going to hate you? Because, uh, because like I don't believe it or something, or no, yeah, because you figured out one weird trick with the system. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I really—that's <laughs> a good question. It's, you come on. 
it's like oh um how how would you so there was to, a point where I was like looking out over the sea and I was holding like a fireworks tube in my hand shooting him off into the sky and I just fell to my knees weeping with how beautiful it was and see like if he had fallen to his knees the the headset would be tracked and so it would actually know that he right. had so like, so like my perspective would go down to my you know so like, like if you see up. something on the ground and you're like I want to pick that up you can actually like bend over and reach out and pick it up yeah. and the controller I, I can already tell you about a prison simulator you should develop to capitalize oh, off that Jay I wouldn't even know where to start with the sex stuff that's going to happen with this thing Oh like, yeah, oh, sex stuff. Awesome. We need Sonic. This <laughs> Sonic VR champions <laughs> coming this coming tw- summer 2018. I how, I how, how long how long have we been recording before we get sidetracked by Sonic? It uh, this was ten minutes about well nine nine minutes. So that's pretty good actually. The uh, <laughs> the Cloudhead Games people actually they're pretty cool because they were they were like developing this stuff before there was actually technology like a, a system to go with it. Um, but we had a discussion with them about like how how people feel about being in that type of environment, like seeing another character or like having that character try to touch you. Um, I commented in my article there was a point where I was like playing around with a bottle and I tossed it and it was, like came at my face and I like leapt out of the way to avoid this fake computer bottle. Yeah, I I was using I, the. I cannot you know, wait. You have no idea how I cannot hard wait I, to I, interact. I I, that's right. I was using the dodge um, things that came at my face. I was using the movement <laughs> controls, and I and I moved like really close to this cave that had a really low opening, and um, it just kind of like startled me. Like I, I backed up because there was this wall all of a sudden right in front of my face, and um, it's not something that should be startling in any way. But like in, in that, you get you get lost in it a little bit, um, and it, it was really something, really really something. I feel like we can't really do it justice describing it, but no, I feel not like really. If if you were there and tried it, you would you would just understand. <laughs> One thing before we go, and Let's, I don't want to like sound like we're bragging or anything, but were you guys did you guys get the feeling that like all of the devs were surprised so we could actually like play the games? I think that yeah, I do, I don't like get, you know. Oh, this, these people are media, but they are actually good. What's going on? I think <laughs> like, it, like you, I don't want to brag, but I did. Well, get see, this that. is the this is the problem because you guys are behaving like gamers when what you should have done is gone to PAX and then written twelve articles on how much you didn't want to be there. I if so, you if you had watched yeah. uh, Michael try to play Tomb Raider, I feel like you wouldn't be making a statement like oh, that. Oh, I did. <laughs> Hey, how about we go back and play Paper Bird, Jared? What well, I don't even know what Paper Bird is. Oh, the Kingsbird? Kingsbird, yes. Um, yeah, that game. Hey, I, you, you'll be nice to us, man. We kept you from blowing up. That's right. We, we saved your ass. Also, um, one of the somebody gave me like a really like nasty stare one time when we cut in line for him. <laughs> so uh, let me. So like, Paxis probably is not very friendly to most journalists. I it, it's definitely that way. Like in a lot of the indie ones, especially, like they don't have the room for an extra station. So when you get there for a media appointment, they have to like cut you in the line. And mm-hmm. I try not to when I when I can, but you know sometimes it's just unavoidable. And um, man the public doesn't like that and i don't i don't blame them like mm-hmm. fair enough but i hope that people understand that like if we didn't have that ability we would see like two things at the show 
And... You mean like what happened was at E3? Well, yeah, or or even just like my morning because, with Dark Souls. Because you were you were you were kind of you were kind of like uh, yeah, you, that happened to you with Dark Souls. Because I was on the other end at at E3, and you know I was watching just media go in one after the other at all the Ubisoft stuff mm-hmm. that you sent me to. Yep, and I was waiting there on the line for fucking three hours to to watch a video game that turned out it wasn't even good. Right. <laughs> to watch. It was a miracle they had anything for you to watch, really. Um, but yeah, that's that's, that's exactly it. Like so like if I if I didn't make appointments at PAX, I would basically let's see, Dark Souls was three hours. The show floor is open for what, eight? Not even that, probably six. So yeah, I'd get so. to see two games a day at PAX. Um and it's just not it's not time well spent. So you shouldn't feel bad because you're just playing better than everyone else. And I didn't even get to see Dark Souls. That's the problem when you do make appointments is then you can't wait in line because they start <laughs> to bleed into those appointments. And so I, I played two minutes of Dark Souls and I'm proud to report that it was the it was Dark Souls. OK. All right. Dark Souls let's, did have the best fountain up. at PAX. Let's wrap this up. If if um, I forget, if Mike and what's the other guy's real name? Oh, Lucio. No, no, no. Mike of Penny Arcade. Oh. Oh. Um, Jerry. Jerry. Uh, Jerry, yeah. yeah. If, if, if Mike and Jerry pointed a gun at your head and told you you have to choose between passes to next year's packs and your wife, which one would you pick? My wife? I guess the wife. I'm not married, so I'm going to pack. You guys, you guys, you guys uh, didn't answer that with any kind of authority. Oh, sorry, and the I, wife. I picked I, the I, wife. I'm, I'm telling, I'm telling on you. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's someone else's wife. Is there anything else? Is there anything else about packs? I think that's probably. I'm going to talk about Deus Ex. It was a really good time. I just want to say that uh, old Game Turner is stuck apparently, and now I have proof. I People think did the... seem really surprised that we weren't just like unhappy to be there. Did you guys get anybody who seemed unhappy that you were there? Like, I had a, I didn't have as many this year, but I had a couple of meetings where like I went up and I'm like, I have an appointment with you, and they're like, <sighs> and like just ah, uh, you're here. Like, I had one guy who pretty much was just pretending that he had no idea that we could have a meeting, and I he was the guy I had scheduled it with. Like, he was the creator of the game, and I showed up, and he just I don't know. That seems I mean, like you're cut it out, but who was it? So, guys, you missed my birthday. We did. We did. Yeah. But, however, my favorite part of PAX was was Michael got me this really nice matte poster of Tomb Raider, which is pretty awesome. He worked really hard to get that, too. Oh, really? You don't don't know the blood that was on the floor. I had to Uh raid a tomb and... (laughs) In that the tomb sense. was the poster. Man, there was like this. There was this water. He so many Nazis. He had to like. He had to like raise the water level or something. And then he. Right. he then he like hid in a coffin and he popped out and he shot a guy. My shirt well, got anyway, so wet. It was. It was my birthday. It was also Rachel's birthday. Yes. Wasn't it? Yeah, it's birthdays across the board. Uh, happy birthday, Rachel! And guess who? Whose other 
birthday it was. Guess who else is a Virgo? How could there be that many birthdays? Uh, Doug. Uh, it was uh, Doug's birthday. Yep. No. Happy birthday to me. It, it was Satsuni Miku's birthday. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So while you guys were at PAX, I was celebrating with her. Of and course. And I think I went. consummate her birthday? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you had a better time. I'm sorry that the HTC Vive wasn't there to help you. <laughs> Whatever happened. All right. So I, I we needed to, you needed to bitch about Square Enix because they've been piss, pissing me off since last night. Deus, oh, fucking A. Deus Ex, man. Have you guys heard about this game? It's... Uh, is Deus Ex? No. Nobody has heard about this game, Jay. It's looking like a pretty good game. Adam just pre-ordered it because yeah, I, I need the, the actual bonuses. game is looking like a pretty good game. Well, so Doug, Doug, holy crap. You Maybe you don't even know. Guess what? You can pre-order it, I think, right now. And if you do, you get, like, a bunch of shit. Good. No, you don't. Uh, maybe you actually, not. Actually, you don't get anything. You get one thing, and, and if, if not people pre-order, then you get other shit. Oh, but well, you can only pre-ordering. I you, want the other shit too. You can only pick one thing though. So really, if you want everything, oh. you're gonna have to pre-order multiple times. Oh, okay. I'll do no, no, that. no. It, that's not that's not how it works. It works on like, so it. They say it's inspired by Kickstarter, right? And the first Fuck thing we have to we have to clarify about <laughs> Kickstarter is Kickstarter is to help projects get off the ground that can't get off the ground otherwise, right? And usually, it, with an ideal Kickstarter. What you're actually kickstarting is the additional content that you want to see in it, right? So if I'm making a movie and I'm like, hey, I get to shoot this additional scene, that's what you're getting from Kickstarter. If I'm making a video game and say, hey, if I had this much money, I'm able to add in this character or I'm able to add in this level because I now have more money that I could use as a resource. That's what Kickstarter is getting you. What Square Enix said is they said, we are going to take something that's basically done and we're going to put together it a, a, a Kickstarter uh, a model, yeah, where we where we take shit out or we just do some super lazy shit. And if you want these pre-order bonuses, uh, you basically have to bribe all your friends into also pre-ordering so that all of you guys can get this stuff. So it's kind of like a collective thing. Like it's it's not that you have to pre-order multiple times. You only have to pre-order once. Well, but the idea is to get a ton of other people to pre-order with you. So that all of you guys can get more stuff. That's kind of how it's supposed to work. That's true, but, and I'm not watching the video, so I'll concede if this isn't right, but when I watched it, what I, my understanding was that um, basically the, the multiple people pre-ordering unlock tiers, which have yes. different rewards per tier, but you're only able to pick one reward per tier. Yes, that's true. So that's you true. actually, so, so like there's like nine rewards total, and no matter how this plays out, you're going to get three of them. Yeah, yes, that's that's exactly right. So so if you want all nine, you're going to need to step up your game. And I'll pre-order it twice. Let's let's talk about let's talk about Square Enix no. for a second. Uh, well, okay, well, let's talk about Square Enix for a second. Square Enix. Is not a good salesperson. <laughs> I, I'm noticing this. I, I'm, I'm having like my own other difficulties unrelated to this nonsense right now in trying to, you know, I really wanted to secure that Phantom Pain um, quiet figure. And I, you know, their customer service is just the worst in terms of dealing with it. And it's like the same shit over Amiibos where you have scalpers selling this three to four times the price. 
but even going back, even before all this, all this recent stuff uh, with their Kai Arts and with their Deus Ex, going back to last year and the year before, going back to like Tomb Raider and Sleeping Dogs and Deus Ex, they say that these video games, despite the great reviews, the great user reviews and great critic reviews, these games do not perform up to expectations. Now, if, if everyone remembers, they had pretty unrealistic expectations to begin with. Yeah. They wanted, like, Call of Duty numbers, and these games still did... Deus Ex and Sleeping Dogs did, did respectively, and Tomb Raider did really well for a video game. Uh, Square Enix is talking about, oh, these games didn't sell how we wanted them to sell. Uh, if you look at the numbers, like, the stuff that Square put out in-house as well, that actually sold significantly worse than everything Idols put out. So there's are that you, as well. Are you saying so, that uh, the Lightning Returns wasn't a smash hit? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it was a smash hit for one person. I know that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I, you know, I, I don't know that Square Enix knows how to sell a product. Like I, I just think they're physically incapable. Like it, it takes me back to Chrono Trigger DS. In Chrono Trigger DS, they said if the consumer buys X amount of copies of Chrono Trigger DS then we'll consider creating a sequel to Chrono Trigger. You know, we'll consider making Chrono Breaker or whatever. We'll make a sequel if people buy this many copies. Chrono Trigger DS was launched completely under the radar. There were no advertisements. No one knew this was out. I just stumbled into the store one day and I saw it on shelves. and like, oh, hey, they released this? And they're like, yeah. You know, you can't expect a game to sell well and not advertise it. Well, but now they are with the super sweet pre-order <laughs> method. So... I was actually thinking about this when I was uh, driving home today. And I don't know who came up with this scheme, but they don't really know game theory very well. Because basically what you're doing is you are you are incentivizing people to wait for it to pre-order, right? Because right now, if you go and pre-order, you have no idea if anybody else is going to pre-order. So the smartest thing to do in this situation is to just wait until... You know, like the day before release, pre-order it then, and then get all of the sweet shit that's supposed to come. I, you know, I think it's so all like it just shows... Yeah, go ahead. You just made it stupid to pre-order early, which is what you want people to do, right? Yeah. So you put people in a situation where doing what they need to do to reach the top tier, it's what is not in their best interest to do. I think, I think hell you guys comfort. are way off base. I think I think this is going to work just fine. <laughs> It really, you, like, shouldn't I, to, I think, you shouldn't have to like bribe someone to pre-order. I think twenty. There's a lot of things like everybody wants this game, right? Yeah, and so twenty-eight thousand people clicked dislike on that video, and then they went out and pre-ordered because <laughs> they don't want to miss out on the content and the bonuses. Because when you have a, a high priority or a high-profile IP like this, you can hold it hostage like that. You can be like, well, you know. I mean, like I was saying this earlier, I'm surprised they're not more aggressive with it. I would have just been like, hey, you better pre-order this, because if we don't get enough pre-orders, we're going to take half the copies and just incinerate them. <laughs> and, well, I like uh, what you said. I like, I, like, I like that you put forward that if not enough people pre-order, because right now, if, you, if enough people pre-order, you can get it four days early. But if not enough pre-order, you said... They should delay it four days. Yeah, it should delay it four days. I think for every every like month that it hasn't met a pre-order goal that they arbitrarily set, I think they should take the last mission of the game, whatever mission it may be, <laughs> and then make that spin-off DLC that it goes into the fifty dollar expansion pack later, season pass, whatever. 
Because <laughs> fuck you. Know I, hope, idea. I hope nobody in Square Enix listens to this podcast because otherwise there might be what they do the next time. Because because they, they can. I mean, the kicker is I think they could. I think there's still room here. I think they can do even worse stuff. It just hasn't happened yet. Give them it's not, some you know, time. it's not even like a pre-release on on Steam, like a pre-release or early access on Steam. You're paying for something you believe in, right? And usually, if you do that, you're it. That's a lot more like Kickstarter than than this this scam is, because then it's like, okay, you're paying you're paying for this video game that you believe in, and and look, sometimes the developer doesn't always come through, but that's more. Oh, I'm going to help this person out. This isn't like a big corporation. Or it's done, and they're just shoving stuff out. And I think like the pre-order model has always kind of been inherently evil. Basically, GameStop invented this model so that they can be sure. You know, it was it was GameStop that started with it, and they did the same thing where they bribe people, they bribed and threatened, and they were like, "If you pre-order, you get this sweet thing. But if you don't pre-order," Then we're not going to order. We're not going to bring this game in at all. And good luck fucking getting it. Um, and yeah, but when, when it's done right, it's not necessarily evil. Like you know, like I said, uh, we were well, talking. Start, I, mean, I, I pre-ordered Mad Max, and I got a little like toy car, which is you, you know, get, you get like a hat. You know, you well, get like yeah, a but, hat. But I, you know, the system, the system is inherently evil. The system was started by GameStop, and anything they do is evil. I think um, I think the so so let me take you on a trip here. Fast forward to the future. It's uh, it's ten years from now. You go to the store, and what's happened is Ubisoft has synced it up so four of their hit new titles release all at once. You go into the store, and you're like, I want to buy two of those hit new titles. You get back to the game section, and what they've done is they've taken all the covers for the games, and they've covered them up with a big black insert of paper <laughs> that completely covers the label. And then what you do is you buy the the game and then you can take the, the label off and you can see which one you got and then if that's not the game you wanted tough shit that's yours now and you can buy <laughs> another one and you just keep buying them until you get the games that you want and then it's just up to you to figure out what to do with the leftovers so i want i want to um uh, finish complete this thought that i was that i had started uh, in terms of pre-order, I, I like i said i think it started as inherently evil but i think in the past before we did all this like digital content and people just got lazy by cutting stuff out that was already in the game or um, having a guy skin new stuff overnight. At least before you got something physical, right? You got like Lucio's matchbox car or you got another piece of artwork or a little or a toy or something, something you know, that you couldn't, be... yeah, you know, something that you absolutely couldn't get before. And now what people are doing is like, they're just hacking apart the games uh, they have like their intern creating a skin for them, and they're calling that the pre-order bonus. You know yeah. what? I'm gonna say this: people keep buying it, so you know what? They deserve what they get. Oh no, it's absolutely true. Like they they don't they don't do this because they're like evil. They do it because it works, and it doesn't matter how many times well, you tell someone. They, I, but they I might know, be a little. I don't know evil, that, it, but... that it works for for. Square Enix. I think I think this is like a square, a unique Square Enix problem because they just don't know how to sell shit. Like only they would come out up with something like this dumb in terms of a pre-order model. But but like by your argument, they do know how to sell shit because they sold a bunch of games and then just weren't happy with how. But you're saying they sold really well, so I mean they're they did, they they're did doing it well, right. They just didn't identify because, that they did you know, it right. That's like in spite of Square Enix. That's not because of them. Yeah. And and you know it's like it's. 
I don't think this DSX thing. I would be very surprised if this DSX pre-order model works for them. I mean, we can hedge our bets now. I'm, like, I'll, I'll been, say right now, I think it's going to work. Yeah, it's been a full day, and they haven't moved. They they haven't moved the needle at all. They haven't. No, we'll have to. I mean, we don't know how they're updating it either. Maybe it's like once per day or something. Maybe there's like a maybe there's like a guy who actually has to go in and like update the website and click some buttons or something. <laughs> I feel like we're closer to Jared's dystopian future of black game packages and than any of us would like to think. I think that it's uh, like I said. I, I I honestly think there's still lots of room for it to get worse. And, and maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe this totally won't work for them. Um, but I'll, I'll bet you that, like I said, I'll, I'll bet you even the people who are most outraged about this are going to buy into it because at the end of the day, they're they're Deus Ex fans and they want their costume or whatever. Wait, I could be I could be wrong, but I don't know that. I don't even see it anymore. I mean, that'd be great. That'd be so cool if the outrage. Got Hold rid on, of let me it. see. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can. Give me one minute. It better that better not be true because I want that game four days early. Um, oh yes, I do. I can barely wait. Give me a ticket. After hearing Elias Tufelixus tell yeah, the yeah, it's gone. They it, it looks like is the video gone? Wait, no, hold on, hold on. That's the that's that's Mac on the, that's. Uh, I'm sorry, that's Machinima's stupid mirror, and they're a whole other story. Gone because um, they're adding more tears. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's figured, gone because it's already been funded. They figured out a I bunch more digital it. bullshit they can give away. Do they take it down? I think they might have actually taken this down. All right, we'll have to look into it and see. I'm excited to In discover. In that case, Lucio and I are right. You guys are wrong. If, if uh-huh. I'll, I'll admit that if it happens, if they take it down, I don't necessarily think that that means that it didn't work. But I think that the bad PR was was. It just means they'll try it with a bigger game. I don't think it. I don't think it worked. I don't. I the needle. Like I was. I watched. I I looked at this thing this morning. I went out. You know. I was. I was gone. I came back. I did a bunch of stuff, and then I went back to the website, and you know, it had it moved. I don't think it worked. I think you know. You guys want to think the worst in people. But I think there's a certain point that the bullshit just isn't going to fly anymore. I mean, yeah, there always there has to be a point where where it stops because it doesn't it doesn't work anymore. But I just I just don't feel like we're we're there. But I'll I'll admit if I'm wrong, we'll we'll investigate a little more and uh, and see what we can find. But yeah, anyway, good job, guys. Deus Ex uh, was it a, soon. We never asked for this. We didn't. <laughs> yeah, that is just we literally didn't. A plus. I mean, there, there was a guy at PAX who was asking for it, but you know, I don't know what his problem was. <laughs> Never mind then. <laughs> All right, should we talk about the um, the big game this week? The big, big game. Uh, you want to talk about Chariot Wars? Yep, that's the one. Chariot <laughs> Wars. Um, yeah, but why not? Let's do that real quick. So this is <laughs> Char- Chariot Wars is part of our series of bad games that we've been playing. And uh, Chariot Wars was assigned to the the um, the wonderful Michael, who as if you haven't done enough to me already. I knew that he was a fan of you know like ancient Chariot. Roman history, and so I was like, you know, who's really oh, going to love Chariot Wars is is Michael, someone else. Um, and so tell us, Michael, how are you finding racing your chariot? Uh, it sucks. Okay. Unfortunately, like it's just it's just a bad game. Like there's not really anything funny about it. It's just a crappy game about crappy chariot racing. Like you're, uh, yeah, it is kind of funny because like there's 
there's like a story. Oh, good. In, game, in a game about racing chariots. I was hoping that there would be. Someone has murdered the son of Ben-Hur. And okay. you play as a Praetorian guard with a sexy librarian. And uh, That's actually a lot more off the rails than I expected. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, I, there, there appears to be no connection to chariot racing in the story so far. It's just like, this guy is like, who murdered Ben-Hur's son? Tell My me, son is dead. I must quench my thirst for benches by racing chariots. I don't even think the Praetorian is racing the chariots. Like, I think it's just like chariot racers. <laughs> um, All right, then. Like, it's, it, it is definitely, it is just a very badly made game. Like, it's ugly Unity assets, and um, there's, like, one option in graphics, which is, like, to turn on cape physics, because all your chariot racers wear capes. And it's basically the difference of like whether or not your chariot racer wears like this wooden cape that doesn't move, or whether or not he just has like jagged spikes shooting out of his back at all angles while he's racing. Turning them on, right? Yeah, of course. It's, it's super awesome. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't dare play that game without the cape physics. Um, it's got a lot of problems, as you might imagine. Like, there's no so whenever each chariot race begins, like. You've all played Mario Kart, and you know how, like, if you play Mario Kart and you just start by, like, you know, slamming on the acceleration button, you'll just, like, burn out and not go anywhere where everybody sp- spin or speeds by you? Yeah. Mm, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, this does it, too, except there's no way to, like, not do that, so just every race begins with everybody getting, like, a 15-second lead on you. So, how does that work with horses? Yeah, I was like, do you do horses spin out? Like, <laughs> all all the like horse strategy at the Kentucky the door, Derby? The, the wheels of the horse go way too fast. The horse, right? the the horse breaks his out. legs. Is it like on the cartoons where like the guy speeds up and it has like, the weird sound effects? Like, Because <laughs> that sounds uh, great. Like Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog. If that yeah. were the case, it'd be funny, but it's, it's not. You know how Sonic spins in place, but he doesn't go anywhere? Although it, it is actually funny because there's a button which you can press to like reset yourself on the track, like if you get just stuck, which is going to happen quite a bit. So if you press that button right at the beginning of the race, it just puts you like 30 feet in front of everybody, and it still doesn't work very well because you, you're still going to get left behind, but it's almost like a necessary boost that you're going to need to catch up in the race because the only other way to get ahead of everybody is to collect these like power amulets scattered throughout the throughout the racetrack, and once you fill that up, you get, like, a speed boost. I feel like if they have to actually create a button to get you unstuck, they've done a horrible job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is a bad sign. Like, a good racing game shouldn't ever have you get stuck on the terrain or anything like that. Uh, ever. Oh, Doug, you're like a little game designer. <laughs> Look at you. If I'm playing, like, Forza, I don't want to get stuck in a wall Fucking and just not have to be Shigeru to Miyamoto here with the Nintendo seal of quality. <laughs> Hey, the game's great, but why is there a button to get unstuck? Um, like aside from that, like it's so it starts out with this really long, crappy cinematic of like a, a chariot race where everybody's like ramming their wheels with the spiked uh, like rims and such. And mm, yeah, it almost looks like it's gonna be kind of exciting. But the only thing that happens is if you hit another chariot in the game, like you'll just go off the rails and your horse will make like this horrible neighing sound. Um, 
Nay, why'd you kill me? <laughs> yeah, it just it just kind of like gets pushed off to the side. Like you definitely can't run any of the other chariots off because they're invincible. Basically, they'll just fly by you, but you'll get knocked off under the wall. That sounds fair. Yeah, it's oh, it's it's super good. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I was reading the Steam reviews, and most of the people were saying like they they got this game because it was uh, Jim Sterling's like nominee for one of the worst games of 2015 and i read that and i'm like why would you get it why would (laughs) you encourage this why did we make him play it come on now well i I I figured like yeah there's there's just not that much to it like it's just it's a bad game but there's nothing to it so he's got to be like bloviating for half that review so i went and watched the review and about five minutes into his 15-minute review, like he just gets off track and starts talking about something else. Because <laughs> there is nothing left for him to talk about. All right, well, should we read? Should we follow our suit and read the positive review for the game? Yeah, go yes. ahead. Find me a positive review. All right, there's actually only one. Um, and it is by... It's one more than I expected. It comes to us from user Toast, who has uh, 4.4 hours on record in the game. And he says... This is possibly one of the best games I've played on Steam in my nine years of usage from the service. At least without a doubt, one of the best titles this year. By far, let me tell you why that is. These guys put many AAA studios that release blockbusters to shame. Simply because these other studios spend hundreds of millions on useless stuff like advertising and marketing and other unnecessary overhead Not Square costs. Enix. They probably spend all the money on pizza parties every day, for example. But what I'm trying to get at here is that these guys, on a not-so-high budget, have managed to produce a quality, high-quality racer that is either on par or above par with a lot of AAA releases. Let's talk about this in more detail. Oh my god, this is long. One of the developer's moms, right? I guess. uh, They probably spend all their money on pizza. Um, (laughs) It it actually... Pizza parties... It's so overwhelmingly positive it has to be fake, um, but it's like six paragraphs here. We'll read the last paragraph. Um, I can't recommend this game enough. People need to play it and experience it for themselves. YouTube videos or broadcasts from Steam, Twitch, or YouTube don't do this game justice. You really need to play it to get uh, the real sense of the dynamic, rich content there is in this little gem of a game. We need that's to support- how I feel about... That's how I feel about Metal Gear and Quiet. We need to support more developers like this that are brave and bold enough to still release quality releases like this that are truly unique and not afraid to try something <laughs> this is, new. This is the guy's mom. I'm telling you, this is the guy's mom. Like, like your mom. Do me a favor, like what you do. Do me a favor, Jared. Can you click on this person's profile? It's a really long review, and I was waiting for the joke, but it never came. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is that guy. Like this, this, this is that guy's mom. Their pro- my son's game is very good. Their pro- <laughs> their profile's private. Unfortunately, you're being, you're being uh-huh. mean to my son by not buying his game. <laughs> you're bullying my son. It, it it has to be a joke, but I just can't figure out what the joke is. I, I don't I don't think it's a joke. I think I think this guy is a relative or a friend. They probably spend all their money on pizza. Well, he convinced me. All right, Chariot Wars, six ninety nine available. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be, gotta be where Square Enix spends their money because they're not spending it on advertising. Right. I've uh, I've only put forty five minutes into it. Should I return it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, actually, I don't know if you can because it was a gift. Can I return your gift? I guess you could like, try. Will my good you? friend Jared deserves better than this. If it'll let you return the, your gift, yeah, go right ahead. Um, How do that? I don't know. Maybe we can write a review on the return process. This is, All right. This is fantastic, though. Excellent game. A+. But, Michael, you know, actually, maybe you shouldn't return it because these guys, 
Uh, they they took our money and spent it not on pizza, so that should be commended. That's right. Well, right should it, should it not? Entertainment. <laughs> what, right. what is it? What is it? They probably what is it about? And they probably spend their money on pizza that amuses you so greatly that that seems to throw you. Well, it's just the. I mean, it, that's the most outlandish statement in the entire review. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the one thing that makes me think it can't be serious because it's just a sentence that no one would say. Yeah, pizza party. Pizza for everyone. This game has software. Speaking of hot pizza pies, <laughs> let's talk about the Phantom Pain. Let's talk about the Phantom Pain, but before we talk about the Phantom Pain... Is there a pizza? I want to talk about Ground Zeroes. I want to bury the hatchet with you over something. Okay, go right ahead. All right, so have you gotten Paz yet? Uh, no, but I watched your video of getting her or whatever... Of, of of giving her gentle fisting. Um, well, I mean, it looked like it looked like they started with the fingers, so I mean, they did I've, it right. <laughs> they did it right. That's how you fist. Okay, well, you let start me, with let me the fingers this, here. You can't see the symbol I'm so, making with my hands. Let me hand, ask this. But... Let me ask this. Did you have you built your medical um, your medical thing yet? Your medical no, file, I've, whatever it's I've actually done. I've actually done an astoundingly small amount of work in this oh. game. Wow. Okay. So I guess I'll. Um, well, when, after you build your medical strut. There's a door like on the third floor that you can go up to, and she's going to be in there. I guess we've already spoiled it, but whatever. So when I when I first saw this scene, I thought it was, you know, I thought that I feel like Phantom Pain is very much a game where Kojima is just laying his fetishes bare to the world. I mean, yes, that's that's how I feel about it, right? So, when I when I when I first saw the scene where I, where I first saw the scene where they uh, quote unquote rescue Paz because there's a version of, there's a version of the scene where they recon it now uh, where you took her out of the water where she is um, where she still thinks it's the Peace Walker era and so she's still the annoying peace chick everyone hated uh, well, well the people in the real world hated. People in the game love that version, whatever. And they show you they show you how they rescue her. They rescue her first by taking the bomb out of her womb, and then uh, the medic goes ahead and he takes his hand and he shoves it up there, and he pulls the second bomb out. And when I looked at it the first time, uh, I was, uh, I guess, disappointed by the complete lack of any semblance of medical procedure. And Jared, you told me I was being ridiculous. Yes, because this is a game where you have a dog that wears a vest and he pulls a knife from his vest and <laughs> he uses it to stab enemies. But that, that and then was, when you're that, done, how does that make me how does that make me ridiculous and not Kojima? And then ridiculous? you then you hook a jeep up to a tether that uh, a balloon picks it up and sends the jeep. But that's off a little different. See, I, I feel like I feel like there's stuff in this game that's silly on purpose. And then I feel like there's other stuff in this game that's silly unintentionally. I right? Mean, I and mean. I feel like, you know, I feel like all Metal Gears, I feel like all Metal Gears have always had like this shifting tone where, okay, this is your somber moment and now this is your slightly over the top moment. And that's great. You know, that's fine. I don't, I don't mind that. But it's like when EE died in Metal Gear Solid 2, that was clearly a moment I was meant to take seriously as opposed to a moment where Raiden goes, running around shooting seagulls, right? Or in um, Snake Eater, 
when Snake is betrayed by the boss, I'm supposed to take that seriously, where he has this wrestling match with Ava, and that's supposed to be the comedic moment. Fisting Paz isn't supposed to be a comedic moment. Yeah, it's supposed to be hot. Sounds hot. <laughs> so, you know, if... if I mean, does like, she shoot bullet bees out of it? Uh, God. <laughs> but, but see, my, my, problem, that would my, be ridiculous. My, 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 my big problem is this. My big problem with it is this, right? If your goal is to save the patient, um, which, okay, understandably she has a bomb inside her and there's no protocol for pulling out a bomb. But if your goal is to save the patient, saying shit like there's no time for anesthesia doesn't make any fucking sense. Why even imply that you have the anesthesia? Because, you know, why even why even write the storyline so that you imply that you have this thing that you could give her and that you're just refusing to because you're kind of an asshole? Makes it super gritty. <laughs> and that's my problem with it, because it's the game. The well, game how long how long does the anesthesia take? Assuming, yeah, assuming that this is even the discussion we're having, about, which like, it's I not. Think you're thinking, I think you're thinking like I think you're thinking like an IV, and you could just do something topical, and you could do like a shot of something. You know, the scene is written so that they imply that they have it in the first place, and that they're just refusing to give it to her. Sure. So they they have reason. they have intravenous and morphine. They, How long does that they, take to work? They inter- they you know, do inject her with it anyone? If you have to go in a little faster, you have to go in a little faster. I mean, but, I just, you know, there's like just a complete lack of procedure. He 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 takes his hand; it's not sterile. He takes his fucking bloody glove. He like just shoves it up there. Yeah, and he gets the bomb out, and then she turns out to be fine. So I mean, really, uh, I mean, maybe she can write to her. Uh, I think. Care does he provider. at least tell her that he loves her first? No, but he does. He 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 asks her before before he fists her. He's like, "Can I see your insurance card?" <laughs> and she she doesn't have it. And yeah, so that, that does he, happen. He ticks a box on anyway, the check for him, and he's like, "Oh, this is going to cost I, you." No I anesthesia think it, I for think you. That, <laughs> I think that indicates the problem. illegal. Trump was right. <laughs> I think it indicates a larger problem with the game. Like, if you're shutting a fist up there to get a bomb out, how do you know you're not going to just hit that bomb and and set the whole thing off? Oh, like because right? there's a button if on your it or goal, something. And if, and if your it's, goal, it's is almost like save, the scene is ridiculous. If your goal is to save the patient, why would you do something? I mean. That introduces trauma and and could introduce them to a state of shock. I agree with you in the from. in the sense that if I like knew there was another bomb in there, I would probably just dump her out the window and be like, <laughs> "Well, glad we I know you don't like problem. I know you don't like Kaz, but what I'm getting at nobody else does that, in that chopper either, though. Keep that in I, mind too. Like like Kaz <laughs> is fucking furious at her. Like everyone, everyone except for I mean, like Chikorita Kaz is, or Kaz whatever. Kaz is, Kaz is furious at Kaz, everyone Kaz, in that Kaz, game. Kaz is, like the deeper you get, yeah. like like ask you, I've uploaded some of the videos. Every single time he wanted to do something, Kaz is like so mad. Yeah, he's he so does, mad at He everyone. doesn't have an arm anymore. He, he's, he'd be mad too. Okay, so then he needs to go take anger management courses. Kojima wants it to be visceral and dark and gritty, and it just comes off as straight up cartoony. So just like it's like a, I'm like I'm, I'm it's like I'm watching a cartoon with just tons of blood. So just to be clear, because I haven't, based off of our limited conversations here, I haven't had a chance to really clarify this. So. Paz is canonically alive, right? No. Okay, so the scene doesn't really exist anyway, because it never actually happened. It, but it's but so she it, was imaginarily not, fisted. She was imaginarily fisted. And the and the real hang up here is that they couldn't take the time to put some KY on the old fingeroos and really just. But, but because I'm 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 trying to indicate the larger problem with the game, 
Maybe it's just Big Boss's hot spicy fantasy. And the problem with fantasy. the game is that every t- is that every time it wants to be dark and serious and gritty and and mature and all that, it just comes off as cartoony. The thing with Paz is just a ridiculous moment. You know, it's not like oh, I'm going to gently open her up and all that. It's like a complete disregard for medical procedure because it's supposed to be dark and gritty. Then you have the t- these torture sequences uh, that are supposed to be dark and gritty, and they're just dumb. But you know, it almost almost every almost every instance of violence in the game gets to that point where I just laugh at it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you kind of do. Like, I thought that the, um, I think the first hour of that game is um, really, really great. And even even at its, like, most comical and ridiculous, that's something that I feel like Metal Gear's done for a long time. Even in, like, Snake Eater, when you meet Ocelot, and he pulls his gun out, and he flips it around, and you're like, okay, in any other... But in any other medium, he'd be like, he'd be done flipping his gun around. But for some reason, it's been six minutes (laughs) and he's still throwing the guns around. You're like, okay, where's this going exactly? (laughs) But it was cool. Yeah, but you know, it was cool. It's it's kind of, I just don't want to, I just don't want to confuse um, the game going over the top for like intention. Like, I don't think, I don't think that's intentional on Kojima's part that, oh, we're supposed to laugh at this. Eh, I'm not supposed to laugh at a game that has a group called the Lale Lule Lo. That's not weird, <laughs> right? But this is this is we're talking about a man that like lacks oversight, 61. And got fired, and and got fired. Well, that's supposed to be you know there are there are moments that are intentional, and then there are moments that aren't intentional, and a lot of the violence in in Phantom Pain is unintentionally hilarious. And yeah. like unintentionally ridiculous, is, is, uh... you know. And I think I think there's a reason, you know, Kojima Kojima ran through all this money because he had no oversight. And I think I think the story and the action sequences in this game are a result of that lack of oversight. I mean, I think no it's way too late in the game to be surprised that Kojima has lost touch. But it's not, you know, this is the first game where we've gone for this level of violence. Uh... Okay, maybe it's more violent, but I mean, he's. I mean, He's yeah. been out of space for a while. I'd give you, I'll give you the violence, sure, but like, I don't know that I've seen anything any wackier than than Guns of the Patriots. Yeah, but you don't. Well, you don't I, have, yeah, um, no, I'm. You don't have quiet yet, do you? I'm still, I'm still headed there, and, and she's definitely, <laughs> she's definitely the most ridiculous like thing I've seen so far. And I saw Jeez. a dog with a vest and a tactical knife. So, <laughs> so like, the, okay, but the, but like, D Dog, D Dog's a little different than what's going on with Quiet. Like, no, D Dog is a lot different than what's going on with Quiet. I, He's I have sexier. to say that it's, it's like, but uh, you know, I. I, I've read some of the stuff Kojima said in terms of this video game, um, and he he really does have like a big head over it. And he he made this he made this one comment about Quiet that well when you find out what she really is, you're going to be ashamed of your words and deeds. And there's a reason she dresses how she dresses. Um, there's a reason why she acts ridiculously sexy sometimes. Um, there's a, there's a story reason for it. There's like a, there's like a huge reveal in the story. And this is why you're supposed to feel guilty. Do you want to know what that is? No, I want to feel guilty later on my own. I already feel pretty guilty. Who, 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 <laughs> who else? Okay. Who else wants who, who else wants to I know? I mean, I already know, but okay. I'm going to go ahead and, I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway, because I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything significant for you. 
Oh, this I'm, is what you're. This is this is the part that's going to make you feel ashamed. You at least got to the the part where you saw Quiet turning live because that happens out the gate, right? Where I saw her do what now? Where Quiet was burned alive. She was burned alive. Yeah, that happens like in the first five minutes of the game. In like the hospital or where? Yeah, in the hospital. What? She was there. Yes, she's the, <laughs> wow, she's the okay. one that kills everyone she, in the hospital room. She does what in the hospital? She's the one. She's the woman that kills everyone in the hospital room. Who? And she sits quiet. It's quiet. But the psychomantis person or the person on fire? No, no, quiet. No, when she when 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 oh, you're in. Oh, she's the nin, she's she the ninja who up. kicks in. She's like, I, someone saw me. I gotta kill him. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then and then and then she's burned alive. I didn't realize that was her. So she has a she has a she has a parasite in her bloodstream. That has repaired her skin, but as a result, she's lost her respiratory system. She's lost her um, digestive tract. She's lost all this other stuff. So instead, instead of instead of like eating and, and drinking and all that like a normal human being, now she has to take in sunlight and she has to take in water, essentially like a plant. She's undergoing photosynthesis. Uh, and that's why you're supposed to feel guilty. Oh, I'm supposed to feel guilty. She tried to kill yes. me. No, you're supposed to feel guilty over the over sexualization of quiet because she's a giant plant. Oh, yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, see, exactly. So like she it's it's but but that doesn't change the fact that 20 minutes later, I was on horseback riding and running away from a man on fire and shooting him with a shotgun. And that was pretty great. That was pretty cool. Like, I, but see, what I'm getting at here is, you know, Quiet is a good character in spite of the story because she's a really fun buddy to have around. And I just feel like Quiet is a great example of the entire game because her story is shitty as hell. And whatever Kojima thinks he was doing, he didn't do. He didn't pull off with her. I mean, um, but the end in terms was part of, And I didn't that? feel bad about hmm? the end. He was part planned, like he healed through photosynthesis. Yeah, right. And I didn't right. feel bad about sexualizing him. <laughs> and he and he did a fully clothed. Yeah, it's true. So, so I'm I'm just using quiet as a symbol for the greater game because her story is really fucking dumb, and Kojima thinks he accomplished something with her story that he didn't. Um, if anything, it's the opposite because she's basically a cartoon character and she's utterly ridiculous. But in terms of gameplay, she's really cool to have around. I think I think that you could ruin anything like that, though. Like like Jurassic World was a pretty good movie. Like it didn't really deserve to be as good as it was. But if you go and listen to like the director's commentary, he's not going to be on there being like, yeah, we did all right. <laughs> like, I, he's no, he's going to be telling you like, oh, what this dinosaur means is this dinosaur is uh, it, it's the it's the it represents humanity. And so, what dies, does, what, so what does it like? What's what's wrong with understanding the intent of the creator and 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 criticizing them and pointing out that they failed with that intent? Not nothing, but I just think that. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I just think that. Uh, but but and even if I hadn't read anything Kojima read, Quiet Story would be still be dumb as hell. That doesn't change. I think it'd be just as dumb as any anything. As I mean, it's been dumb for a while. It, it, no one's saying it hasn't. I'm just saying that the that the game is good in spite of the story. 
I'm I'm excited to see whether it affects me as much as it affects you because I mean to- there's other there's other stuff in the game that I've told Michael and Lucille that when you get there you're going to see that I am 100% right. I'm just um, I'm just I mean this, yeah this it's fucking stupid. Yeah, this but is like, absolutely the worst plot since Guns of the Patriots. See, it's absolutely the worst one since Guns of the Patriots. I'd even be the Guns apologist too. Like it's fine. It's fine. There's a part. There's a part of the end. Please explain to me how it's fine. There's a part of the end where two old men fall to their knees and inject each other with a serum that allows them to have a shirtless fist fight. I mean, hot dog. Like, it's great. What is there for us non old man fighting fetishists? (laughs) I mean, there's there's the, the people who are like octopuses or something i don't know it's been a while since i played it but it was so anyway i i it's definitely riding stops a boat with his body definitely story-wise it's the worst thing it's the worst it's the worst story since guns i want to i want to i i don't want there to be any mistake about that i would say guns and phantom pain are competing for terribleness in terms of the story now what it has going for it that guns didn't is gameplay Guns had good gameplay, but Guns never allowed you to play it because you're busy sitting there watching cutscenes the entire time. And Phantom Pain really holds back with the cutscenes. Yeah, so I, I already feel that. I mean, the, the the intro is obviously quite guided and um, and more show than than dance, but um, but at once, least it's interactive, which I don't think Guns even. Had. Oh, and I, I think it was great. I think I'm not exaggerating when I say that the first hour of the Phantom Pain. Is probably the best thing to come out of Metal Gear in like ten years, pretty easily for me. Like it's really well done, and um, even though you're not really doing anything, like it's it's a joy to to sit through. I can't vouch for what happens after, but I mean, so far what's happened after is they just drop you in the world and they're like, "All right, have fun." Yeah, there's not a lot of world to have fun in, though. I guess I'll see you later. Um, like the open world is actually the game gets a little better. Once you get to Africa, uh, uh, no, I say it gets marginally better once you get to Africa, because Afghanistan is just like one long hallway. I mean, yeah, it, I think that they have um, touted it as being open world, perhaps a bit more than it actually is. Because um, I mean, but there's, the, there's there's stuff you get later on that's a lot of fun, and like there's a, there's stuff you like. I I unlock a ton of customization options, and now that I can customize my own guns instead of just having to develop, you know, whatever they tell me to develop, which I, I didn't find development that useful. But now that I can actually customize stuff, and now now I actually want to develop weapons because those are going to be more parts to customize stronger guns. Like, that's a lot of fun. Um, I think I mentioned in my review, so right now, my snake is running around shirtless, and quiet is like painted gold. And all my vehicles are, like, purple, and it all looks really ridiculous, and it's just, like, a lot of fun, because... How can she breathe if she's painted gold? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Gold's gonna receive the sunlight even better. <laughs> but it'll block the pores that she uses to breathe. Shut up, Doug. Right, don't you know we, about we already, we, Are we you Hideo Kojima? No, Doug, you're not. Doug, Doug, we already established that Jared thinks Hideo Kojima's genius, story-wise. I didn't say that. I just think the. I just think at this point, like... 
I, it's like getting mad at the Kool-Aid man for breaking down a wall. Like, it's just, I, yeah, it's but, just you know, it's like, I think I think it's fair because I don't think, uh, you know, you seem to hate Peace Walker, but I didn't think Peace Walker's story was that bad. Oh, man, I really hate Peace Walker. I hate Peace Walker because Peace Walker, <laughs> Peace Walker's like, like the Phantom Pain is, is still um, wildly unnecessary. Like, it's a game with a story that never needed to happen really under any circumstance. But Peace Walker was like the first indicator that they just weren't going to leave it alone. Like, no. No, Portable Ops was. Yeah, a little bit. But Portable Ops, is it even canon? I don't even know if Portable Ops is. It was so bad that they deleted it from the canon. It's had a soft retcon. Like, there's certain stuff in in Portable Ops that kind of needed to happen. So, but a lot of it has been retconned out of existence. But yeah, Lucio's right. It was so bad that Kojima's like, "This, this isn't. Unofficial yeah. thing anymore. for Kojima uh-huh. to like, yeah, this can be my my masterpiece. Has to be pretty bad. Yeah. This was too stupid for a story about a peeing monkey or burping monkey. And you know what? You know what? Portable Ops is the main the main throughline of that storyline was that there was like this sixteen year old girl who was some kind it was like some kind of super smart nuclear scientist and also psychic. And also her schizophrenic twin sister, who was a super soldier. That was the storyline of Portable Ops. And she had nano machines. This actually this better. Is, than... This is this is before this is before nano machines. But 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 and this is part of the reason I say Phantom Pain. And she's a vampire. This is part <laughs> of the reason why I say Phantom Pain story wise is as bad as guns. Phantom Pain has to fall back like nano machines it's basically nano machines but, um, I mean, you, that they yeah, used to explain everything like you have to listen to him talk about nano machines for 20 minutes but then uh raiden stops a uh, raiden i don't fucking care he stops a boat with his body from crushing his dear friend snake i mean there's like there's there's so, so, so much sweet. like bloated, then, then he fights guys with his sword feet. i guess i guess that's it <laughs> it's like maybe maybe it's because there was a time where uh in my life where i could enjoy anime uh, I don't know that that time is really here anymore, but but I, I think it's actually if I could compare Metal Gear to anything, it would be Evangelion. Where like when I was a kid, I thought it was like super deep and awesome, and now that I'm older, I'm like this is ridiculous and stupid. But you could you see, but you it's could still great. I still enjoy but, it. But you could appreciate like a story in Metal Gear, like a story about a guy who has to infiltrate a base in Alaska. And he gets them slightly over his head because no one properly prepared him for what was going to happen in there. Well, yeah, you can invest. You can invest in a story where a guy um, has to infiltrate Soviet Russia, and he gets trapped in a James Bondian plot by some spoiled Russian brat. And the whole time, the woman that he loved and the woman that trained him betrayed him. Yes. You know, those stories those stories are really contained and they're really pulled back and yes, weird shit happens in them and, and over the and and really kind of anime shit happens in them. But those stories are pretty straightforward. They have like something emotional that you can track. Shit like Guns of the Patriots and and Phantom Pain are just like really bloated and over the top for no reason and there's like just no emotional content and there's nothing to get invested in. So you're I, just sitting there watching shit happen for no reason. I will say this, Jay, like I understand, like, at the end of Snake Eater, I wept for Big Boss. It broke my heart. But at this point, like, if you're expecting Kojima to still be doing anything like that, like, you're, you're really just like the battered wife who keeps going back. No, to but that's not true. Husband. That's not true because Peace Walker was closer. Like, I understand what Jared is saying, 
about Peace Walker not being necessary. And I agree. Like, I agree that nothing after Snake Eater needed to happen in the series. Like, all of it's unnecessary. I Like, every single thing that's happened after Peace Walker, I mean, sorry, after Snake Eater has been unnecessary. I agree with that. But I disagree that he's incapable, you know, of making at least a decent story. Like, Peace Walker was at least a decent story. It wasn't the best, but it was a, it was a more decent story than Guns gave us. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a more decent story than Portable Ots gave us. You know, it's it, there's no reason that Phantom Pain has to resort to the same bullshit Guns was pulling. So, let's run through this. So, Metal Gear Solid, normal, made you happy. Metal Gear Solid 2, weird, didn't make you happy. Metal Gear Solid 3, normal, made you happy. Metal Gear Solid 4, weird, didn't make you happy. Metal Gear Solid 5, Peace Walker, Normal made you happy. Metal Gear Solid Five again. Phantom Pain. <laughs> Weird. Unhappy. So by by looking at the pattern here, the next Metal Gear Solid game is going to be normal and it's going to make you happy. Um, you mean the pachinko machine that Konami is going to release? It's going to be so normal. It's going to be. It's just the story of one man's infiltration into. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I I think we spent way more like it's it's my fault, but we spent way more time on the story than I want to talk about because the story's bad, but the gameplay is really good. Like I really like the gameplay. Yes, great. It, it really, really is great, and it's like it's like the best the best stealth gameplay I've seen in a really really long time. I it's it's basically any other game that calls itself stealth. Um, especially now that Phantom Pain is out, should be ashamed of itself. Like, I look back at Arkham, and I look back at Assassin's Creed, um, and I look back at Thief, and it's like, man, this 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 isn't even remotely stealth, not not compared to what Phantom Pain bought me. And then I'm going to be really mad when Syndicate comes out and I review it, because I've already seen what better stealth could look like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's apples and oranges. Like, there's, there's no comparison. Uh, Metal Gear's totally absolutely 100% like king of the stealth game um and at the same time like i love how it, it really doesn't stop you from breaking into a full-on action uh you know uh, quest on the way like i i'm not always the best at stealth and so my runs are usually much more like hit and run where i'll go in and like manage to knock out a couple guys but then i'll get seen and a little gunfight and i run away and wait until they lose me and then come back and try again and um I like that it's not in Assassin's Creed. It's just like, oh, I saw you. Start over. Yeah, start over. That's that's what I don't like either. It's like it's it's very very dynamic. How the way in in that sense, it's open world because you can take any approach to it. Like I I, I included the screenshot in my review, but there's a tailing mission. There's like a literal tailing mission in um, in Phantom Pain, and whenever you hear tailing mission in Assassin's Creed, you know this means oh, I'm going to have to run really fast and run really stupidly between one location to the other and make sure I stay inside a little circle and and make uh, sure I, can, I keep this guy in view and, and all this stupid stuff. And then tealing in Metal Gear and Phantom Pain meant I could just do basically whatever I want. And I chose to sneak up on these guys wearing a box um, <laughs> with a little cartoon graphic on it. So... It's, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it's like when it's going to be hard. It's really going to be hard to play Syndicate. Like, I, I hope, I really, really hope. It's like, it's not about Assassin, Assassin's Creed, but I really, really hope Assassin's Creed rips off Shadows of Mordor and or the Phantom Pain 
uh, whenever they do their next one. Because well, they're gonna, I, they're gonna improve upon Unity. <laughs> the legacy of Unity. Oh man. I I yeah. I mean, it it really is kind of a shame to me that so much time and energy has been put on like this engine uh, that we may never even see again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's really good. Like, I really it's can't emphasize engine. that enough. Like, it, it runs so smooth. I, th- I was worried because I picked it up on the PC. And, um, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but a lot of developers have bad reputations putting games on the PC. <laughs> and oh, really? I am happy I to report. There's a couple little things that are issues, but for the most part, like it's perfect. It's it's on fire. You know, there there there's stuff that it, it kind of strike. It kind of reminds me of other open world games where if you had one more, you can nail a lot of stuff. There's there's a, there's a couple of minor stuff that that irks me about it. So you get a lot of toys as like the game goes on, right? And so you can call in. Um, Supply drops, you can call in airstrikes, you can call in uh, your helicopter for support. You can go ahead and make your buddy change their outfit. So, yeah, your dog can go and get his knife if you want him to. And Quiet can go put on her her gold paint, whatever she wears. Um, it, you know, and like the, like the airstrikes, it, it starts as kind of your, your typical... Um, bombardment, but you can get all sorts of dumb stuff. Like you can get sleeping gas, you can get like shaft, all that kind of stuff, and and it really gives you, it really opens up your option as to how you decide to take down a base and take it over. Because you can be like, okay, I'm going to send quiet over here. I'm going to call in my airstrike with sleeping gas down on this portion, and then I'm going to go like just straight down the middle and take guys. Um, and it's all a lot of fun, but what it does is, first of all, it's costly. Like everything, every action, basically every action you need to take in the field um, costs currency in order to use it. And it costs a lot of currency and it can sneak up on you quickly. Like you can have like tons and tons of money. And depending on how you handle a situation, you'll find yourself broke. And second of all is if it's a story mission, using some of this stuff is going to restrict your rating. Um and it feels like, you know, it feels like if you're if you're going to let it be open world, if you're going to let it be that dynamic, really let it be that dynamic. But it's not something that I really fault Phantom Pain for. It just feels like one of those things like, oh, man, if he had another one, then these he can understand that these penalties could be lessened and that you're just allowed to have like more fun in the game than you currently kind of are with all these restrictions. Um but in general, like 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 the, like the open world. In terms of being like a military open world game, I think this is effective on that grounds. Like I think it's really, uh, really come together pretty well in terms of just like the gameplay and and it, it feels like I, I'm heading up a military operation. Yeah, I, they've they've done a really good job. So at least uh, at least you spent all that money to make a good game. That's good. Yeah. Um, we're obviously way over on time, but I, in, in lieu of delaying it, should we spend just a few minutes on Mad Max? We should. Because it's, it's out, and we're probably a little ways mm-hmm. from putting up a review for it, so it'd probably be good to maybe talk about some initial impressions. How are you finding Mad Max, Lucio? It's super fun. Well, it's fun. It's not super fun. But really? It's, it's very much a uh, Ubisoft-type game. Like, you know, you have the... 
you know, you have the map and you have, there are balloons that you need to climb in order to, like, look at the map and shit like that. That being said, after this discussion tonight, I'm actually more lenient on it because he doesn't have a lot of the bullshit use of game has. So, you know, at least missions are closer to each other. The driving is really fun. Uh, the story is very, you know, normal Mad Max, you know. He just wants to get a new engine for his new car and <laughs> along the way he ends up like saving everybody and <laughs> See that's a that's a striking a good line. That's a that's a simple story with a simple goal. Yeah, a but he just wants an engine for his car. I what, like that. What about if he finds the engine but it's sentient and No, no, it's not gotta pull it out of a fourteen year old girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that actually might be Doesn't that make that it more deep and exciting? <laughs> That might be something that Mad Max does, though. That sounds like something that they will pull in the movies. <laughs> Bend over so I can get that carburetor. Yep. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, Wasn't that basically the plot to the last Mad Max movie? That was actually the subtitle. It was Mad Max Bend Over So I Can Get That Carburetor. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. It's... So, uh, let me ask. Um, the hang-up that a lot of people seem to have with the game is that... A lot of it is um, taking place outside of the car. Like it seems like the car combat is like really polished and everybody loves it. But there's yep. there's been criticisms levied that the combat outside the car is just kind of kind of lazy. Com- yeah, How, it's, com- it's all right. Does it feel right? It feels like something where when it was described to me, it felt wrong for Mad Max. I, I would have. No, what they're, they're going with is, is you have a gun, but you have like three bullets at a time only. Mm-hmm. And you want to save your bullets when you're in real trouble. Um, Which so, makes, you know, makes sense, I guess. Yeah, they're going for that kind of angle, you know. Um, the combat, I didn't like too much at the beginning, but now that I've unlocked some of the really, like, um, fucked up combos, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, now I can, like, spot it some people, which is ridiculous. Just like the scheme used to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because yeah. you know this is, this is like Mad Max is not supposed to be reserved and uh, he's, he's supposed, he's to, be supposed to be body so, like, How 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 in depth? You know because I think I was wrestling with Phantom Pain score until I unlock customization and that's when I'm like okay this is support. Oh, gonna the get car a three customization before. is fucking so the car customization in Mad Max. You can pretty much customize every part of it. So you, you have to okay unlock because it. you like you like you like link. A screenshot of your of your rock star energy drink funded car. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was I was just curious if you're just unlocking and stealing new cars or if you're so like, you can really... do, you actually do both. So you can every car that it's in the game you can steal and it becomes yours. So that's your car, uh, and you have a collection of cars. Then on top of that, you're making your own car. It's called the Magnum Opus. So in like Max's great greatest work, um, and that car you can customize pretty much everything: the wheels, the engine. So actually, the whole plot is that he's making this car, and he only has a V6 engine, and he says that it has no soul. So he wants to get a V8, and there's only one in this like warlord's palace. What, what if he meant? What if he meant like a literal soul, and he needs to find a soul for the engine? You know what? Everybody's so crazy in this world that I mean, maybe like what if it's a, a soul for a like shoe? 
<laughs> Maybe it's all those things. Very yeah. good, Doug. Very good. Or like so, the sun. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the Spanish word for soul. Or you get crazy, crazy power-ups for the car. Um, it's pretty good. I, I, I mean, I've always been a Mad Max fan, so I really enjoy it. Is this game a feminist propaganda like the movie? There's only one woman. She's a sex slave. Well, that's actually that's negative points for Mad Max. <laughs> I can't. So, what one of the criticisms that I read was from like I forgot what's one of those stupid websites, either Polygon or Kotaku, but it's like, oh, it ignores the 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 world that the movie was based on. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Wasn't the movie? Well, I mean, if you ignores the world the movie was based on, if you only watch that one movie, not really, because it's kind of the same. It's actually more like that world than it is the the old movies. Do you get seen? uh, Have seen any guy like wearing I don't think there is. There's yeah, it's it's not like connected to Fury Road, really. No, like like aesthetically, I suppose it is, but it doesn't have it's any not. none of the locations or people or anything. I think are the same. Yeah, are, are there fire tornadoes? There are fire tornadoes. Do One of the things that I really like about Blaster. it. No, you don't fight Master Blaster. Oh. One of the things that I really like about the game is that it's very dynamic. So there's uh, weather. It just kind of happens, you know, without like anything going on, and the storms are really violent. So, you know, one time I was. Uh, following this convoy in order to jack him and a storm came in while we were fighting and it was pretty fucking epic like in wind waker when a tornado hits you and it sends you to the wrong part of the map and then you gotta, <laughs> uh, like, and you gotta say all the way and back. you gotta say all the way back because there was only one God, place you were going anyway actually uh, i meant how uh, I'm, I'm sorry to sidetrack how far are you in 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 Phantom Pain, Jarrett? Uh, like two missions past the intro. Okay, because you get you do get we get uh, dynamic weather too. Do I get a and, to- and, or- and they that actually also changes um, the stealth gameplay a little bit. I already had to go through like a sandstorm once. Yeah, it was all right. So there are no Mad fire Max. tornadoes. So so Mad Max five out of five. How violent uh, four so far? But I, I, I guess, I guess. Uh, what? Let okay. me, let me ask this. What, what could Mad Max do differently? I, to... Yeah. So, so no, no. Uh, I have a better question. Um, Thank if God. I wasn't, if I wasn't a Mad Max fan. If I wasn't mm-hmm. a Mad Max fan, could I still find something to enjoy out of this game? That's a good question. I have yeah. a question. I mean, do you like car combat that isn't the crew? I, I'm actually I think car combat is something that has a lot of opportunity and is is kind of ignored a little bit uh, or, or just never really perfected. Um, do you like what kind of well, like well, yeah, what kind of yeah? How, are you are you like getting out of the car and like jumping from car to car or are you are you mostly just like no, ramming mo- people? Mostly you are in your car. Uh, so your car has different weapons. You can add spikes uh, and like uh I guess wheels, spike wheels or whatever, like rims with like blades on it. So that's your basic weaponry. Then you have a harpoon, which you can strengthen to put like other cars apart or actually pull drivers out of the cars. That's pretty cool. Um, it is pretty cool. Um, then there's another thing called a thunderpoon, which is basically um, a lance with an explosive charge on it. 
which you know it's limited, and also you have your shotgun, which is also limited. But if you use it well, you can actually blow up, um, you know, the opposing cars. So there's a lot going on with the combat, and then you know, you can combine all of that with your nitrous. You have a nitrous boost. So for example, you can like latch onto a bigger enemy, and then with with a harpoon, and then wind the harpoon in. And do a boost with your nitrous to hit them even harder. Hmm. And then, of course, there's enemies that are uh, armored, and you know some of them have like flamethrowers. So there's a lot going on with the car combat, and it's really well done. Hmm. That sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that does. And that you don't was... actually spend a lot of time out of the car, which is good. That's that's good because that's what I was reading was mostly that like the car combat was was excellent and like a lot of thought had obviously been put into it, and it and it feels fresh. It feels like something that you're not doing right now in other games, um, right? And so I like that. Like I was actually I was a big fan of Road Rash back in the day. Do you guys remember Road Rash? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I love that game. And so, like, just the idea of hurting other people while driving really fast—that's appealing to me. <laughs> like a like a like a driving game, not appealing. But like kicking a guy off a motorcycle, awesome! Like so cool. Yeah, so you're gonna love the harpoon because there's nothing like quite as interesting as like harpooning some guy and like dropping him <laughs> and making him see, fly. When I'm, you attach I'm, the hook. I'm I'm still wondering. Um. Which was the right choice, whether it was Phantom Pain or, or Mad Max in terms of I if I had one one you. one open world in the desert, which one should I play? Still deciding, jury's still out still out. Um I seem to be having more fun than you. I will say this, you. I will say this. I like I, I, I I'm curious as to what your experience is, Jared, but I could really just play the hell out of the um the side ops missions in Phantom Pain just mm-hmm. because you know, that's like it just allows me to do whatever the fuck I want in that game. Yeah, um, and that's like that's like true open world to me. Like when you're able to just do do things however you want with the approach that you want, um, unless you're like a really really a master of the story mission, how Saints Row Three was or how GTA Five was, then um, yeah, just letting you do your own shit. Yeah, one thing that I would say that Mad Max would probably need, and it's something very basic. It's a distance mm-hmm. counter. Oh, just, like a distance, just, like, just like to give you some idea of how close you are to like a map marker or something. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Mm. It's kind of annoying sometimes when you're driving and you have to see, you know, oh, I need to bring up the map to see if I'm close. Yeah, that, make, that makes and sense. It's important because sometimes you get close to forts and they like start throwing, you know, explosive shit at you. Is, is Mad Max, um, is he still crazy? He's always crazy, except for in the first how, one. How? How? Yeah, except for in the first one. How? How crazy is he in this one? Uh, he is extremely obsessed with his B eight. Like he, he's ready to like yeah, destroy the whole like, society and order of the wasteland to get his hands. They can barely it, find water. How are they going to find V eight? So wait, Lucio, I have yes. a question. Is there the Thunderdome, and can you go beyond it? There's no Thunderdome. <laughs> go beyond it There's an achievement for driving past the Thunderdome. <laughs> that would be great, actually. <laughs> yeah, there that you would go. be interesting if they included something like, like um, Barter Town or something like that. 
Maybe like a mission where you get pulled over while driving drunk and then you go on a Jew hating tirade. <laughs> something no, like no, something no. to really bring it back to the old Mad Max world. Or like he slips in the shower and then he can hear like what women are thinking. Or he stars in a movie where he has a puppet beaver on his hand for like all of it. What? Or he stars in a movie where he single-handedly saves America. Oh, yeah, and the cannonball shoots a guy's head off, and Heath Ledger's his son. And he dies. God, Mel Gibson's the best. Ooh, or he, find, <laughs> or he finds out that he's a really good golfer, and he has to enter a tournament to save his grandmother's house. What? Or, or he, <laughs> produces, he produces a film about the Bible. Now, that's that, that could be Mad Max DLC. Mm, there you go. You're you're the director. The passion of the Max. You're the director, and you point. You watch a scene, and then you point at it, and you go, "More blood." <laughs> he goes to Motor Golgotha. That kind of sounds like uh, something that he would do with Kojima. Well, I think my, I think my dogs are telling us that we're done. <laughs> I, th- I think we're done. Yeah. Right. Come on, Max. Good stuff. Uh, all right, Mad Max coming soon to a theater. Uh, near you. Sure. For sales near a theater near you. Oh my god, stop it. Oh man, we didn't get to talk about it till dawn. Oh no. I do want to talk about it. We're going to run the Terrible Tuesday next week anyway, so we can talk about it then. Um, it'll be more... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it'll be more I, timely. I, I also had to finish it. Actually finish writing it. But it's it's going to be, it's going to be bad. I'm excited. I don't have... I don't have anything good to say about until dawn. I'm excited to talk to you about Emily because she was the best. She's just the best. I <laughs> love save her. Save the cheerleaders, save the world. I love oh her. Oh my so god! Much. Why didn't you like my game? All right. Well, let's um, let's go ahead and call it here. So, if you enjoyed our podcast today, you should follow us on Facebook, Twitter. We're at the Enemy Slime on all the services. <laughs> Let's go. Fucking dogs. I decided to try something different and I left the door are they, open. Are they are they diamond dogs? No, they're not. They're just regular <laughs> dogs. And they won't Careful s- of their tactical knives. They will not stop <laughs> fighting over this plastic bone. Oh, that's what you do. You give them you give fucking shank you. Give them you give them vests and a tactical knife and whichever dog comes out of it is the dog that comes out of it. I Wait, think we we never officially ended the podcast. It's not over yet, no. But I do oh, think I do think about taping knives to my dogs sometimes, <laughs> just to see who just to see who wins. Don't worry, guys. I'm not going to do that. Um, all right. But anyway, follow us. On and, and they don't they don't know what you're saying. I think that I think that everything that we've recorded for the fucking site, we still have a video that hasn't gone up yet. But the dogs interrupt that as well, so they're just finding a way to insert <laughs> themselves into any media that I create. I'm gonna have to buy like a cage and put them in that and just stick it all in I the have basement. To say is that- I or just, just, you guys haven't heard him. Just airdrop them into <laughs> Afghanistan. There we and go. Then bal- and then balloon them out. That, snap their necks on the Fulton recovery system. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week. And, um, and I'm so happy about it. I, whatever else I'm supposed to say at the end, uh, follow us on the things and, um, all right, I get it. We're going out. All right, we're in. <laughs> and so there you go. Like that, we're out. Good night, everybody. <laughs>